Hi, I'm Molly Anders. And I'm Ella Torrance, and you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. Today, we are talking about dreams. I dreamed that someone was sitting on our porch taking their shoes off. In my dream, I started like tapping on the window at this person, like asking them what they were doing. And I woke up from my dream tapping on my bedroom window, thinking that someone was sitting out there. But I can still feel a little bit of that anxiety that I had when I was having this dream years and years and years ago. Ever since this dream, I haven't been able to cross across a dark stairway the same. Okay, well, I've always had really vivid and, like, really intense dreams. Sometimes it's gotten so bad, like, I won't go to bed at night because I'd rather be sleep-deprived than dreaming when I was dreaming. I remember one in particular. I was alone in a theater, and I was trapped in the chair, like, tied down. It was all dark except for this one spotlight that was on the stage, and this figure comes in the spotlight and he has this like huge head and he just starts taking masks off and every time he like peels it off he has like a different face and it didn't really seem like a mask like it seemed like it was just genuinely his face and as this was happening his head was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and I was just tied down to this chair forced to watch it and then I got to the point where his head got so small barely the size of a pin and I just see it like teeter 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 like on his stick neck at this point and then it just falls to the ground and it echoes really loud right as it hits the ground I'm released and he lunges at me and starts chasing me so then I'm like running down this hallway like out of the theater and as I'm running 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 hallways getting like smaller and smaller and smaller until like I can't move anymore and then I feel like a hand on my back and I wake up <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yikes yeah for me I have a lot of dreams about being in life or death situations or just situations where my life is at risk and I don't think my life has ever actually been at risk in a way that I was aware of but I feel like in dreaming I was really able to experience that oh my god I'm about to die or like I could die right now kind of feeling I think most of the time it comes from like zombie dreams because that's just one of my fears but (laughs) I feel like it's a way for my brain to prepare me for situations like that. So for this week's expert opinion, we had a bit of difficulty finding someone to interview. So we decided to become the experts ourselves. So we did a lot of internet research. So we really wanted to figure out why people dream. So within our research, we found four main theories about why people dream. (laughs) So the first theory really looked at dreams in a precognitive way, sort of the belief that dreams can foretell the future, but this really didn't have a lot of real evidence. It was all pretty anecdotal, and most of it can be dismissed as some sort of coincidence or a hindsight bias. So, for example, Abraham Lincoln had a ton of dreams about being shot in a theater, And then in actuality, he was shot. And so a lot of people claimed that was his, like, a psychic vision. But in actuality, he was really just getting a lot of death threats. And you could kind of 
explain those dreams he was having as like a way that he was processing his fear. So I am on the back of a wagon and we were traveling through this really dense, dark forest. And as we continued to travel, we started going up this very steep hill. And as we were almost to the very top of the hill, I fell off and I rolled back down the hill. And when I stood up, the wagon was no longer there. And I remember being just petrified and I didn't know what to do. So I started running and I was really scared. And I came to this little clearing and in the middle of this clearing was a table. It just gave me a little bit of a sense of calm. And I started walking along the table And then at the very end of the table, I stopped and I saw that somebody was standing there, really not moving, but I knew it was a person. But for some reason, my eyes couldn't look up. So I'm looking at the body and and it was a very disheveled old man's coat. And my eyes, all of a sudden, I could they could move up the body. And as I got higher, I saw what was a really disfigured, and I don't even know if it was a face, but it was something that was so chilling that I would wake up instantly. I was a mess. I remember I would be crying and it was just this horrible dream, but I had the same dream over and over and over again. So our next theory that we found was from our good old buddy Freud. He thought that dreams were a source of wish fulfillment. Basically, he put a lot of emphasis on hidden desires. So he thought that when you dream, there was like a surface level narrative of the dream and that he called the manifest content. And then there was the latent content, which was a hidden deeper meaning of the dream. And Freud thought that there was a lot of sexual desires hidden within symbolism in your dreams. Classic Freud. Classic Freud. He thought that, like, you dream forbidden desires because you repress them in the day. Once you no longer have the skills to repress them, you find your actual intentions and your actual, like, true meanings, like, within symbols in your dreams. Weird. So the third theory we found was called the cognitive view. Basically, that was saying that we dream about our current problems and that dreams are a means of problem solving. For example, the person that created the sewing machine dreamed that he would be put to death if he didn't figure out how to create this machine. So in his dream, he saw the point with the hole at the tip, which helped him to figure out how to create the sewing machine through his dreams. Or Albert Einstein had a dream about flying on a ray of light holding a mirror, which kind of inspired this theory of relativity that he had. So basically dreams release us from the blocks that we put up in our head while we're awake and allow us to problem solve in a more creative way. So another part of that cognitive view that we were looking at is um, dream retention and memory processing. 
when you're in REM sleep, you're retention goes up. This is why people say that they can go to bed without something memorized and they wake up with like a clear understanding of it and like more memorization. The same areas are active when you're in REM sleep as when you're like first learning things. So this is an increased hippocampal activity during REM, which is indicating in like storing new memories and like processing your memories. So, like, when you study, it's really important to sleep so your memories are allowed to, like, fully form. So, the last theory that we found, the least obscure and out there theory, the most realistic, is the activation synthesis theory, which argues that dreams don't really have any meaning at all. Yeah, so basically your brain is representing... A person's interpretation of random brain activity during REM. If your primary cortex is activated, which is also activated when you run, you might dream that you're getting chased. Or like if your amygdala is very active during REM, that's when you have really intense and emotional dreams um, because the amygdala is in charge of emotions when you're awake. So that's kind of why these random parts of your brain going off lead to really bizarre content in your dreams and where like reality doesn't really matter anymore it's just your brain lighten up in different ways (laughs) this however does not explain why dreams are so story-like which is a very big part of a lot of people's dreams so like that theory doesn't necessarily like touch on that so all in all we don't really (laughs) have a ton of psychological evidence as to why we dream but we've got all these theories that maybe together can form some sort of conclusion in the dream my family was celebrating this obscure holiday basically we had to hide a tangerine somewhere in the house Um, once nightfall came then this fox who walked on his hind legs which by the way was something that I've always had a really big issue with The holidays, the fox walks into your house, collects a tangerine, and then leaves your house. Um, And basically in the dream, we had hidden the tangerine in a vent inside our our house, and I stayed up all night waiting for the fox to come. I watched him walk into our cul-de-sac, and then I watched him walk into our house, and I watched him sniff the vent that the tangerine was in, and then completely pass over it and continue into our house. So I was pretty terrified that he was coming into our house so then I went to go tell my parents that the fox was coming into our house and as I crossed from my room over to my parents bedroom door um, I just looked to my right down our dark stairwell and I just saw the fox walking up on his hind legs just really calmly I realized that I didn't have any time to alert my parents so I ran back to my room I hid under the covers and I waited for the fox to come get me and then he opened the door with his fingers and I was sat there under the covers waiting for my fate and then all of a sudden my younger brother Nathan who would have been like a baby or toddler at that time picked up the fox by the scruff of his neck and he just said what the and as he said that the fox just turned into a mushy tangerine and that dream has stuck with me my entire life So I think the reason that dreams are so interesting to me, it makes me sort of question reality for a second. I think it's really interesting the way that we dismiss people who don't live in this same 
awake reality that we all do as like crazy or insane because sometimes when I dream I feel like I kind of teeter along that line and believe things that aren't real or even like when I was a kid I feel like everyone goes through the like I believe in Harry Potter or like there's the tooth fairy or Santa Claus that we all sort of believe in as a kid that are part of our realities and then our realities adjust as we get older and we start to believe in the same sort of concrete reality that everyone else believes in but when I'm asleep I don't know that I'm dreaming and I think that it's my reality and it feels real just the same way that it does when I'm awake and there's my reality then. <laughs> yeah well I have a very weird theory about what is reality and get I guess like I feel like how do we know like if your reality matches other people's realities yeah. we're seeing the world through this weird mushy brain thing you know like we're not actually like seeing the world with our eyes our eyes are taking it in the world is how we perceive it through our senses yeah. and then our brains process it and then we come to some sort of conclusion about what the world is around us maybe you are just like seeing things like i don't know i kind of think of like like when people are on psychedelics like they see that they have like visions of like walls moving and like but what if like obviously the walls are moving because they're made up of like atoms and like so maybe our brain and our reality are just telling us that the walls aren't moving so we don't see the walls moving who's to say that they aren't moving because like that's just how you perceive them yeah <laughs> yeah exactly well because we set such a fine line between sane people and insane people it's interesting that we have such an attachment to like unmoving walls yeah. and like a set definition of yeah. colors when really like who's to say that the way that we experience something isn't completely different than the way other people experience something absolutely what's real and why is it that we think that we have the authority to define it. Wow, that got very meta. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm Ella Torrance. And I'm Molly Anders. And that was our latest episode of Dig Deeper, our new podcast that allows us to explore and try to explain some everyday abnormalities. Thanks so much for listening.